0: You're listening to the High Heel Hustlers podcast with world-renowned high-performance business coach, Ashling Smith-Vance. You'll hear career-changing coaching strategies and the motivation, mindset, and marketing secrets that success-focused, high-performance female executives use to align their purpose with their principles and achieve their goals in business and life. Each week, you'll hear from high-performing female executives who have hustled to success while overcoming adversity in the face of over overwhelming challenges. And now, without further ado, please welcome your coach and mentor, Hustlin' and Heels, it's Ashling Smith-Vance. Hello and welcome to episode one of the High Heel Hustlers Um brand new podcast. I am so excited to be here with you today. My name is Ashling Smith-Vance and I will be your host, coach and mentor throughout this journey. I am so excited to have started and launched this podcast. My podcast has been on my to-do list for I would have to say the past three years, Mm. if not before that. Mm. So I'm really, really excited to be bringing it here to you. And it couldn't be a better time for it to begin. Mm. I hope you agree. Mm. I'm going to start off this podcast series with a little bit about my origin story. I think it's going to be quite relevant for you to know who I am and where I'm coming from. So sit back pour a glass of wine, make a cup of tea and enjoy a little bit about where I've come from and why am I here in front of Mm -hmm. you with the High Heel Hustlers and sharing my mission, dreams Mm -hmm. and purpose. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, I grew up in a small country town in Ireland called Mullahorn. It was an amazing place with full of wonderful people, awesome characters and really, really delightful childhood. I'm totally blessed to have an amazing family. I was the only girl, one of five children with four brothers, three older brothers and one younger brother who, um, really raised me to be a tough cookie. My brothers, um, didn't want to wimp for his sister. So they, uh, made sure that I grew up to be pretty tough and pretty strong. And I'm very, very grateful for that. My, um, Parents were really amazing, hardworking people. And when I was about, oh gosh, I must say about 10 years old, they acquired a local store. Um, now, this was, I guess, a typical kind of store that was in, the, you know, that you would find in any small country town around the world. Um, it was a furniture and fancy goods store but we also sold toys and stationery and uh, we sold crystal, a pottery, office furniture, beds, you name it we had it and um, if you wanted something it could be sourced and i guess bringing it back down this is really where i got my first sense of of working work ethic what you um what you had to do to to make ends meet and really um provide. I, I guess, worked in the shop every evening after work. Well, if you could say work, I'm not quite sure, but every evening after work, I spent my time there. Every weekend, I was there um, learning from my parents, understanding customer experience, customer service, how to sell, what to, how to provide uh, people with amazing, service and products. And um, it really became the foundation for everything that I am today. And I'm so, so grateful for my time in the shop. So we, my parents spent about 10 years in the store, if not a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. And um, that would have brought me from the age of 10 up to the age of 20, um, there or thereabouts, <laughs> spending most weekends and, and, and evenings working there, as I mentioned. So we were a furniture store, but not like your traditional mm. Ikeas, for instance. We were a local furniture store. So if somebody bought a piece of furniture, we would deliver it and we would build it for them. So many, many times I would be working with my dad and we would deliver furniture and spend hours in somebody's home building a bed in 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 their uh, bedroom or, or whatever it might be we went over and above in terms of customer experience because that's what you did so what you did to look after your customers and it was something I learned from such an early age and I'm so grateful to the amazing, work ethic that my father had, um, and how he cared so much for his customers. I know when it became no more and my parents finished up in the store, um, just because the market got a little bit harder, the recession had hit Ireland, um, there were more big superstores opening up that were quite glitzy and quite fancy, and it was... um, you know, exciting for people to shop in, in these new fancy furniture stores as opposed to the um, the local kind of store that you could get everything in, the local store that supported local businesses, local furniture makers and, um, and local bed makers. But, you know, I guess it was a sign of the times and a sign of how times were changing. I during that time I guess the, the store was kind of split up into the front and the back so the back of the store was really my father's domain it was furniture bed furniture office furniture uh, anything for the home and um, and kitchen as well as the front of the store being the fancy goods and when I say fancy goods I'm talking about giftware and crystal and um, and so on and so forth. So anything that one might give as a as a beautiful present to somebody or whatever that may look like um, that 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 encompassed fancy goods. We also did souvenirs and uh, and and beautiful giftware. In in that regard, my mother had impeccable taste. She was really wonderful, and the front of the shop was a fantastic domain for her. She, uh, we also did, I suppose in September when kids were going back to school, we really covered a large range of stationery, yet all year round we carried stationery. And then we carried toys all year round. But at Christmas time, the toys really came into their own. And I think this is where my mother always tells me this, she's like, this is when you became a salesperson. So at the age of you know, 10, I was working in the shop at Christmas. It was like, because I was a child, it was a children's Mm -hmm. wonderland full of toys, everything. I was able to go to the suppliers with my mom, pick the uh, toys that we would want to have in the store for that christmas what was in vogue what was popular what was going to sell out etc cetera, etc cetera. what were the toys that all the kids were looking for and i was on the front lines you know picking those toys and bringing them back and and displaying them in the sh- in the shop for all to see I uh, we ran a, a children's uh, club as well, so um, so mums and dads could put money away so that they could secure toys for their kids. Those um, most coveted toys long in advance, and you know, I, I learned a lot about how people did business, and I suppose the world of of business as we knew it during that time. Um. What I enjoyed most, particularly, was the the grannies and grandads, the uncles and aunts, and the mums and dads who came to the shop, not really knowing what to get for their kids or for their nieces or nephews or grandchildren as presents. I came into my own at that point, and I wasn't really selling because I was so passionate about helping the customers. And that has been my signature piece throughout. It was the passion for helping, for the passion for reaching out to the customers and really, really just being there with them to say, okay, what age are they? How much do you want to spend? Where where, where are you at? Like, what did you want an educational toy? Do you want this? Do you want that? Ticking all the boxes and really understanding. And then I was so excited for the kid, for the toy that they were going to get, and of course because of the the love that um that their significant person in their family gave to them, uh, and um, through buying this present, and I was able to educate them on why this was good, and so on and so forth. So that was my domain for many years, and gosh, I loved it. I absolutely loved it, and I learned so much about my life through that. Now, so much so that my mom would have always said that um, I should have gone directly into business and marketing into sales and that was to be my career but I had other ideas for myself. When I uh, was uh, applying for university I decided that I wanted to become a physiotherapist and it wasn't necessarily because I wanted to help people get better from their injuries. Although of course it was part of that, but um I always had this vision of owning a chain of physiotherapy studios. So my ambition was so big for my station. It was ridiculous. Um, we... <laughs> like while I obviously, you know, put the cart before the horse, it's quite often something that I do. It was the big vision that I saw for myself. I could see physiotherapists are successful. There is a huge need for physiotherapists in the world, in the countryside where where I lived. Um, Sport was a big thing. I was a huge... um, Advocate for sport. I played a lot of sport, and I loved Gaelic football, which would be our local sport. I also loved basketball, and you know, could see everybody played sport where I came from. So, and everybody was getting injured. So there was a huge, you know, supply and demand for for that as an occupation. So I thought that was um, being a sports player, and of course, a a, a pretty um, clued in chick. I I thought, yeah. I could set up physiotherapy studios all over, and I could run them. So I was entering into the the world of physio from more of a business perspective <laughs> than than a healthcare perspective. Which of course uh, inevitably served me um, served me right because um, when it came down to it, and I I went to to college to to study. Um, In that field, I failed anatomy five times. I failed my first year um, in college and um, decided during my repeat year that um, uh, I I went to work for a local company in the city that I went to college in. And um, the owner of that business um, said to me, "Ashling." You are a natural born salesperson. He thought, like, I really don't believe that you should be a physio. I know that that's your dream, but really, I think that you need to take a, a long, hard look at sales. And of course, I had been selling all my life, you know, so it didn't necessarily feel like to me that that was the profession that I was to go into, but um, I respected him and i thought well you know what maybe you're right but of course i also got a taste of money which uh, which can often be a problem with young people when you uh, when you get to work outside of college and uh, you like the taste of money so i inevitably dropped out of college well due to the fact that i was unable to Get a, get a handle on my, my anatomy, which was going to be the, the core of uh, becoming a physiotherapist, um, I decided that I was to change direction. So um, I then began my apprenticeship in business. And I'm so lucky in this instance that I guess because um, my boss had planted the seed with me, um, the business was to be, my future. He took me under his wing and he really helped me to understand the world of business. At a young age, gosh, I think I was uh, 18 at this point, 18 or 19. I was after completing two and a half to three years of of college and um, wasn't going to be seeing it any further with the physiotherapy, but it was now starting an apprenticeship in business. I am so grateful for my time in that business in that company um what I learned from the ground up I am um, I started in sales as a sales rep I couldn't drive <laughs> so pretty soon I had to learn how to drive but um I was have always been a problem solver so when I found that I was going to be taking a position to to drive around the country in Ireland, pretty small country, you can get from one side to the other, you know, within a day, uh, half a day even. Um, but I I knew I had been trying to learn how to drive. I was having huge like problems dealing with the stick shift, which is the traditional uh, way of driving in Ireland. So my brain is a rational type of brain. And I decided that um, because I was going to be driving pretty much for a living um, and on the road all the time as a salesperson, the most logical uh, step for me was to drive an automatic. Now, Automatic cars in Ireland were few and far between, but um, I had a I had a word with my parents and my brothers. They're like, "You need to learn how to drive properly. Don't be ridiculous. We are really we're a family of amazing drivers, so you just need to learn how to drive." And um, of course, as brothers do, and they're really tough on you when you're. I wasn't necessarily trying to look for an easy way out, but it was a logical decision for me because I just wasn't having great luck with learning how to drive, no matter who was trying to help me it, it just wasn't working out so i um, had a word with my uncle who did a little bit of import export with them um, with cars and he's like well funny you should mention it ash but i've got a beautiful little um automatic car that i've just purchased if you i think it'd be perfect for you it's a perfect First, um, first car, I said, Great, this is going to be wonderful. So I jumped in to the car and just started driving. You know, it's it's funny when you set your mind on something that that's how it comes about. So this was me, I was on the road and there was no stopping me. So my apprenticeship in business began, and I drove the length and breadth of the country while my friends were partying in college and having a wonderful time while I joined them from time to time I was really hell-bent on this apprenticeship and learning the ropes and understanding business and what it took to run a business and look after customers and I'm just so grateful for everything I learned during this time and of course the timing couldn't have been better because it was the boom time in Ireland back in um the early two thousands, we were in a boom time economy called the Celtic Tiger. And during this time, it was a really wonderful, you know, time for enterprise and opportunity. And um, Ireland was um, yeah, it was really, really, really great place to 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 be. Um, businesses were booming, opportunities like people were taking risks and um, they were making they were availing of opportunities and they weren't afraid to 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 try things out um during this during this time um i you know graduated from my apprenticeship and i built myself up within the business and um, i decided that uh, i needed to spread my wings a little bit further. I think I mentioned at the beginning, because of my aspirations to be a physio, were not necessarily to be a physiotherapist by trade, but to own a chain of physiotherapy studios. I had great ambitions and aspirations for myself. I think um, one of the driving forces of my life is my insatiable um, desire for success. It is is something that has completely consumed me for my whole life. And of course, the High Heel Hustler is, has been born out of my passion for success and my understanding that I'm not the only woman in the world who feels the need to be successful. But I understand that it's um, quite often not something that's really embraced by people for women or women aren't always, you know, I suppose um, they're they're quite often frowned upon if they feel the need or the want to be successful, if that makes sense. So anyway, getting, getting back to it. During my during my time in the shop, I had um, I had many little ventures because I was an enterprising type of person. And of course, the money that I earned from my parents working in the shop, it was kind of my bed and board, right? Because that's that's what you get. But um, if I if I needed you know money to go out or buy clothes, you know they always provided for me. But I had a strong Wanted me to be independent and to have independence. So, and I also wanted to taste for what I could do. So I ran, I was, um, in a program at school called the, um, uh, oh goodness. Um, it's completely gone from my head, uh, transition year. And during transition year, you get the opportunity to try out loads of different uh, occupations. You get to do like have mini companies and things like that. And gosh, I loved the mini company side of things. And I think that's what gave me my bite for business. So in the creation of our of our mini company board, the beginnings of my passion for enterprise and success and i suppose providing a product for um for a need and a service so in our mini company we created calendars so these were personalized calendars which was really something i know that seems like so dram now but back in the day way back then it really um was something that wasn't uh it wasn't done you know um people didn't get personalized things and there was no way to do it so it was quite a quite a great opportunity and people really loved it. I kind of um, expanded upon that because I was making, you know, graphics and posters and different things for my parents' store. At the time, my brother also ran a tool hire centre in the same town as my parents' store, and I was making designed graphics for him and his business too. He ran a, uh, he was, participating in a charity that year and um I designed some graphics for that and all of a sudden I got this um this massive passion for graphic design and putting things together now I'm telling you this is before graphic designers were 10 a penny and and there were amazing businesses like Canva out there that you could create your own but this was um particularly where I was from in my small 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 town this was um you know, you just kind of if you wanted to put a poster, you wrote something on a piece of paper and you stuck it to the window. Like that was essentially the um extravagance of, um, of of what of what graphic design was. So what I was creating was a bit different. So a lot of the local businesses then started to come to me and ask me to create posters for them or, you know, what different things that they needed for their businesses. So This was the birth of my very first entrepreneurial efforts, and gosh, I loved it. Now, I wasn't going to make a million dollars through it, but it was definitely something that I really enjoyed doing, providing a service for a need. But I also loved just exploring the the world of, of work. During that time, I probably had about seven or eight different jobs during my school time. Now in Ireland particularly back in the uh, in the 90s there was no um, enforced law for juvenile employment so i was working from a very young age not not because my parents put me out to work but because it was something that i wanted to do for my independence so while i was working in my parent's shop i then spent sundays working in the local hotel in the kitchen cleaning plates of stacking dishwashers and peeling potatoes. Now I tell you, I know <laughs> I know for a fact that I was not very good at peeling potatoes, but like this is, you know, it, it is a bit funny because obviously it was Ireland and, you know, that is a really important job in a hotel in Ireland to, to to peel potatoes, to peel carrots, but I mean, I just remember the bags and bags and bags of potatoes. Like and these are huge you know, five, 10 kg bags of potatoes that are completely stuffed full. um, And they just kept coming. And I would spend hours and hours and hours peeling these potatoes. But I was having my first taste of real independence and getting paid at the end of the day, you know, was just so it was so amazing and i was able to i just reinvest that that money into my little business enterprise i moved on from peeling potatoes i think the following summer i spent some time mushroom picking in a in a in a local business in a local mushroom farm and um, that was fun and exciting and you know so you sat on this little trolley and you went down these aisles and you would like pick the mushrooms and cut them off and put them into um baskets depending on their size it was um it was amazing and again for me at the time I was willing to work I wasn't being picky I didn't care what I did I just wanted to earn money I wanted to understand what kind of jobs were out there what what one could do what you know, what you could do, what you um, had the opportunities to do. And um, uh, I think when you had a good work ethic, which was something that my parents instilled in me from a very young age, you had the potential to achieve anything. So what else did I do? I worked, of course, at my brother's tool hire, which gave me a pretty awesome introduction to the world of uh, high, hard <laughs> quote tools and, and all of that kind of thing. Now I would say work, he would say I stood there. Uh, I think we had a conversation about it, but, um, quite often he would have to deliver, um, tools to businesses or he'd have to collect tools or, or do different things like that. So somebody needed to be in the premises when, um, when he was gone. So because I was, um, his business was in the same town as my parents and I spent a lot of time in, in my parents' store. While it wasn't always busy and there wasn't always need for three of us to be there, he would often call and say, Ash, can you come up? I need to go on a on a job or you had to go and fix something or do something. So I would come up and hold the fort. So in order to do that, I did need to learn a little bit about the products um, and what. You know, what was the the go with them? So that was really exciting and it was really lucky for me. What else did I do? I, I worked in chippers, I worked in bars, I waitressed. Gosh, like the extent of the jobs that I did as a young person were it was phenomenal like and and of course, I was really, really lucky to grow up in Ireland where you could you could work from a really young age and there wasn't huge like it was cash work so there wasn't huge restrictions put on to you know what you could do and where you could do it but it helped me gain my independence and of course my love of earning money for myself and um, and of course getting and doing and being having the things that I wanted to have let's push forward into time. So um, that's a bit of a, an insight into my early years of work, probably my first 10 years of uh, of the working world. Um, going on from that, when I was 20 years old, I actually set up, I would say my first business. It was probably my fourth business at this stage, but it was my first proper business. Um, I was going out with a wonderful man at the time called Seamus, and he was... Um, at, um, he, oh goodness, um, he put together, I suppose, um, metal cabinetry. So, uh, the 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 word is completely gone out of my head. Yes, metal fabricator. So we um, we we were working in the smoothie industry, um, and we decided to form a business called Fusion Sales. So at Fusion Sales, we sold juice and smoothie bar concepts. I did mention a little bit earlier that um we were in a boom time in Ireland and um and, and and the whole industry was um was absolutely booming but I found quite often that um businesses were starting to add smoothie bars or they would add a blender to their business and called we do we sell smoothies so alongside their um their deli offerings so I, I saw this reoccurring and reoccurring and I thought, gosh, you know, wouldn't it be really nice if there was a beautiful space that was dedicated to smoothies um through this fabrication of a metal unit that would pop in within that you we popped in a freezer within the freezer, then we had um containers that contained all of the frozen fruit and um there was space for a little bit of counter space on top where you would put your um you could make your smoothie. So you put your juice in, you put all of your frozen fruit and your frozen yogurt in and away you go, pop it into the blender and hey presto smoothie. So we were putting together these juice bars. I was selling them door to door sales um, across the length and breadth of Ireland. Um, And of course we were creating the graphics, the design um, of the smoothie bar branding All of that side of things. So it was a full 100% turnkey solution for businesses who wanted to add a juicer smoothie bar option to their business. Uh, That evolved into franchising, and we developed an amazing and beautiful franchise um, called the um, Fusion Twister Bars. which I'm going to leave for another day because we are out of time for today's podcast. I am very grateful for you joining me and I will welcome you back tomorrow where I will tell you the remainder of my origin story and how I have come to setting up the High Heel Hustlers. Thank you for joining me.